0: This is Jarrett Murphy from City Limits. This
1: is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette and here in 2018 we're joined by two of the newest City Council members. <laughs> uh, the new class of the City Council was joined by Carlina Rivera. Good morning. Good morning. And Justin Brandon. Good morning. Good morning guys.
0: Uh, well you guys have been uh, council members for what like 10 days now, <laughs> I think officially. Who's counting? Um,
2: so what's the biggest surprise so far? <laughs> um, For me, surprise, I mean, Carlina and I were both staffers, right? So I think we sort of come at this with a little bit more, I think we're a little bit more ready than most, I would say. I think staffers make great elected officials because of that reason. Um, I think for me, the biggest, I don't know if it's a surprise, but like a challenge would be, or maybe a surprise would be that people are saying to me, like, wow, it's so cool you're still the same person you were before you got elected. It's like, well, give me some time. Give me some time. I'm sure I'll change and become a total total dick. But um no, but I mean, I think I think the um I I think it the surprise the surprise has been that people are saying like, "Wow, you're just as responsive or you're just as accessible as you were." And and it's and that's also sort of the challenge. So it's I sort of built a reputation as being super responsive and accessible and just a regular guy who grew up in the neighborhood and now I'm representing the neighborhood where I grew up. I mean, just like Carlina. But I think that's for some folks that's still sort of like interesting and fresh that it's like, well, this guy seems like a regular dude. Like he's not acting any differently now that he's an elected official. And it's like, well, of course not. I am who I am. And like I got elected by being who I am. Right. So I'm not going to change. Um... But the challenge has been maintaining that responsiveness and being, and, you know, trying to be as many places as you can at once, which is not possible, right? So, I mean, we were just saying, like, the first week in my district, we had a really bad fire. We had water main breaks all over the place. Yesterday, we had a school bus tip over. Snowstorm. Um, Snowstorm, right? Like, you know, so, and I've been trying to, like, show up to all these things, like Batman, you know, just because I I really want to get a feel for everything. And, um, it's fun, but it's, it's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's a challenge. Yeah.
3: I, I would say also that um, I want to be in as many places as possible. And it's, it's the delegation part. It's the part that you have this, this team. And sure, we had a campaign team, and, and, and people were there, and they were giving everything they had. But knowing that you have this solid staff that you were able to, to bring on and be able to say, hey, we're doing this together. So I think that that's been the most awesome part, is actually having people there to support you. Um, I think for me, I was, I was expecting things to happen already. I know it's only been 10 days, but <laughs> I was expecting some things to happen a little faster. I was expecting, I don't know, I know we're having a, a stated meeting. Um, that'll be the second this month already in as little as 11 days. But um, I'm just having our committees and making sure that you know, things are set up so we could start having really great conversations about some pieces of legislation that we want to introduce or you know our budget priorities i think that some of the trainings for the new members are really important and i want those to, to keep happening even for the staff so i think it's the professional development and making sure that all 51 members are ready as soon as possible so me i don't mean to be impatient because i always say that patience is my best virtue um but i want to make sure that you know we're, we're all ready to go
2: i think i think that's another sort of symptom of being a staff
3: yeah i was going
1: to say you guys you know don't seem to want to like sit back and Get stuff on your walls, or no. yeah. get, get, I'm ready though. Get I I've got up, my, my you know, but but I mean that is probably part of already having been working in and around the council for a while. Is you're I mean you're talking about introducing legislation to shame people about their snow removal, <laughs> right. Justin, and you know you've got land use stuff that you're already itching yeah. to like work on, Carlina. So. That seems like...
2: Um, I, think you get, I think when you're a staffer, you get shot out of the cannon a little bit. Because it's for us, it's like, all right, it's January 10th. What are we doing? Let's go. Mm-hmm. It's also to remember that it's a new council, right? So, yeah. like, if this was just year two, it would be like, ah, January 10th, we're just doing what we're doing. I think that's part of it, too. It's sort of like we just want to get to work, you know, so... I just want to pick on something you said
0: about, you know, what is and isn't sustainable. I mean, one of the differences, right, is that now everyone wants to have your, like, FaceTime yeah. with, with you people is, is suddenly much more valuable. I'm sure it was always pleasant before. But
2: now <laughs> it's like everyone wants it. just it. costs more now. And you
0: can't, you can't be everywhere. And you mentioned the delegation piece. Have you guys figured out um, a sort of a, a criteria, a, a system for when does it have to be you in the room and when do you say, you know, talk to someone else first. Is there a strategy to that or is it kind of ad hoc?
3: Yeah. No, I, th- I mean, you have to use your discretion and your judgment. And, and I think we learned a lot about this, you know, in the, in the campaign. It's like, yeah. when do I need to go to that event myself? And when can I say right. I can send someone there as a representative? I mean, you know, over the past few months, we really tried to, you know, put as much FaceTime in as possible. Yeah. But um, I think that for the people that call, like I've been answering the office line, and people are surprised that it's me, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it's just you have to use your judgment. I mean, and you he, have to have a
1: really good what chief of staff
3: absolutely chief of staff i think a a person who understands communications how to work with the press how to make sure that we're getting some statement and some comments and some tweets out there that actually mean something rather than just you know for for the sake of it so i think that the communications piece is going to be important for those relationships that i mentioned like with you all but also with your constituents because people want to see that you know you're you're walking the walk and you're talking the talk and then you show up
2: I think another thing Carlene and I have in common is that we're both succeeding electeds that were there for quite a while. Oh, yeah. So at least for me, um, I'm looking to at least for the first round of meetings with all these groups that want funding and that kind of stuff that I want to be there. But I'm sure eventually that'll change because it's just you can't. You you just have that much time in a day. But I think at least for the beginning, I want to meet all these folks. And a lot of them, we already have relationships anyway. But I think at least for the first round of sort of introductory meetings, you want to try to be there if you can, just to get started on the right foot. Like I'm trying to, I want to meet with every principal, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just, it's just maintaining a schedule where that's attainable by the end of the year. If you go to one school a week, maybe you could pull it off. You know? so. so
1: you mentioned that you're both replacing long-term council members. I think you know we jumped right into the discussion about your transition and hitting the ground running. But for people listening who might not be totally familiar, um, we just each say who you succeeded, where the areas of the city you, you sure. represent, and maybe just one or two things about that area of the city that people should really know that is important or that you're looking at or you know a big priority i mean i know you know carlina we've talked about a little bit you know a big land use thing coming in your district but maybe that's not it for you but go
3: ahead yeah so i am um going to replace i'm succeeding rosie mendez she had 12 years in the council um and she was very supportive of me and this is a, an amazing district right it's, it's it's a diverse it's on the east side of manhattan Um, It is Lower East Side, East Village, Gramercy Park, uh, Kips Bay, Murray Hill, Rose Hill, Union Square Flatiron area. So, you know, we, we were talking earlier, as, as you mentioned, and some, some really big projects that are coming up are, is a tech hub coming to Union Square um, to bring programming for this, this growing industry um, and some of the concerns we have with the project and, and rezoning and keeping development in character with the neighborhood. Um, but we also have the waterfront and we have almost 10,000 units of public housing. And during Sandy, we were hit pretty hard. And so the East Side Coastal Resiliency Project and all the work that we did leading up to that, when I was working at a nonprofit and I was an organizer, and my work really focused on housing and seniors, um, we really, we really, really busted our asses to make sure that we got money in from Rebuild by Design. Um, which is a huge uh, federal competition for funds. And we got the bulk of that money. We brought in millions and millions of dollars as a community. So making sure that we still have community input and that we're making sure that we're having all the stakeholders at the table and, and, and getting something out of that, out of those funds, something that we all built together. So- And that's for
1: resiliency. Absolutely. Projects?
3: It's to no. kind of look at East River Park, create a more resilient waterfront, but also take care of the public housing residents that are there. And NYCHA will be a focus of mine, considering the number of developments in the district. And also we've seen what's been happening the last few days with, with the issues with heat and hot water. And this is nothing new. I worked in housing services and, and complaints in terms of the conditions have been ongoing for decades.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm succeeding wow. Councilman Vinnie Gentile, who was in the council for 16 years. He got the Bloomberg special. Um, <laughs> and uh, we came in on a special election, plus he got the Bloomberg special. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he was here for 16 years. So it's interesting. In my district, really, it's been uh, Marty Golden and Vinnie Gentile, like since I was a kid, because they, they swap seats. So I'm sort of the first new face in a long time, which is very uh, interesting. Um, yeah, so that's southern Brooklyn. It's all the neighborhoods around the base of the Verrazano Bridge. It's basically it's Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, Bath Beach. A little bit of Bensonhurst. Um, you know, one of the things I, I ran on was doing something about the subways and buses. You know, from an advocacy standpoint of the city, whatever the you know whatever power the city has, the bully pulpit the city has, um, that's the number one issue for us. You know, uh, we're seven miles from Manhattan, but people that live in different states get to work get to Manhattan quicker than we do, which mm-hmm. is just insane. Um, and property taxes are huge. You know. Um, I really based my campaign on like what, you know, what I heard from folks knocking on doors, you know, um, and property taxes was a huge issue, buses and subways, transportation, you know, um, protecting some of the safety net programs, you know, I mean, for seniors and stuff, and, um, you know, just sort of, it's, it's a working class, middle class area, it's very diverse, so you have a lot of different communities with different needs and different, uh, you know, desires and what they want to see, um, so it's also... You know, it's also a fresh start, right? I mean, it's it's you had sixteen years of of, of one guy, and now it's there's a new guy there, and you know, I want to sort of I ran on really opening up the process and bringing more people to the table and listening super close for the newer voices, the voices that maybe you know in the past you know hadn't gotten the tension in the district. So, um, so that's what I want to you know that's what I'm going to focus on.
0: What about the voices of your opponents? You both had contested. Uh, elections and, and defeated people, and I'm wondering, beyond the election night phone call of concession, or maybe a couple of days after election night, um, have you had any contact with the people that that lost to you? Do you think it's important to establish some relationship there? I mean, those are obviously voices in your district too. How do you how do you handle Absolutely. that now that you're in well, the they, sure are chair? are
3: constituents first and foremost. Like, so I'm I'm very willing to to work with. With anyone, whether they were on an opponent's team or the opponent themselves, and and I have reached out to them. I've met with a couple of them. I've
1: and for you, this is more the primary, the Democratic primary, or yeah, yeah. it was the
3: primary. You code. had, a, you had a, I
1: mean, you had a crowded, tough Democratic yep. primary,
3: five-way primary. Um, but we we did really well. We worked really hard. Um, the, my, I had a Republican candidate too, but he's been busy, he's like Germany and he's doing commercials for parking, Rent a Car. But um, the primary for me, I, I, I reached out to people, I think I met with one of my opponents, but I've, I've been in touch with either through the phone or, or through emails. Some have not responded, I'll be honest. Some I haven't heard from really, but um, I'm always willing to work with them. I started on the community board level. You know, I worked at nonprofit, I went into government. I realized that there are people in all different pockets of the district that, that could bring something to the table. So very willing to, to work with anyone. And yeah. you
1: had both a tough Democratic primary and a and a fairly gen- close general. Election.
2: Yeah, I won by less than a thousand votes in the general. Um, yeah, uh, I haven't had that that much contact except for some like passive aggressive stuff on social media coming from their side. Um, but um, you know, and it's inter- it's an interesting district. You know, it's a district that you know uh, we have three elected Republicans in. So. I'm really the torchbearer for the Democratic Party in Southern Brooklyn, um, and um, but you work together. You know, there's a time for cam- you know. I really do believe there's a time for campaigning, there's a time for governing, and you hope you can get there. Um, I think some of my some of the folks who didn't make it to the general election on the Republican side have been more critical of me than the folks you know that that I I. I uh, I beat in the primary in the democratic primary so but it is what it is that's all part of the game you know um but but
1: you're so but you're you're a pretty progressive guy i mean you and you've you know been not hiding what you believe in you seem to you know state that pretty clearly you've been very critical of the president um But you have a district that has lots of sort of moderate Democrats and Giuliani Democrats and Republicans and progressive Democrats. So how do you bridge all that and how do you make sure that what you're doing both in the district but more at City Hall is aligned with what your district wants to see from you?
2: Um, I think that... The majority of folks in my district are just hardworking people. Who get up every morning and go to work and want to support their family and get ahead. Right? They're not ideologues. Um, they're not um, people who are, um, you know, looking for that sort of. I-, I guess it's hard to say. It's that I think that number one, the biggest cons- the biggest priority for me is making sure that their day to day nuts and bolts sort of stuff is, is taken care of to make their lives a little bit easier on that level. And then there's a time for sort of legislation and, and sort of, um, you know, dreaming big and, and moving the needle, um, you know, in a progressive way citywide. Um, but I think that number one, as a, as a city council person, I mean, I think, I mean, in some ways, I think certainly after, since we have President Trump the role of a, of a local elected has changed because it's not okay to be silent on these really big issues anymore. People need to know where you stand whether or not you have jurisdiction over these really big colossal issues. Um, it's important that people know where you stand that you're going to fight for them but it's also important that you remember what your role is and your role is to get the garbage picked up on time and um, you know and, and to make sure that people are getting city services delivered you know as a return on their tax investment so um it's a it's a delicate balance you know and i think that at the end of the day people know that um you know like Friar Laguardia said there's no democrat republican way to pick up the garbage that's really how i feel it's like i'm here to just serve everybody that calls this district home i don't care if you're a democrat republican anarchist whatever you are i'm here to serve you and whether you voted for me or not so um and i hope that people will see that you know and that um I am who I am during the campaign, and I'm here to serve everybody you know
3: and
1: in most districts more people didn't vote than than did, so <laughs> you true. have to have that uh, approach
3: I think that was a focus where it was like voter mobilization every time. I mean we are lucky we have a lot of people that vote in my district they're very very engaged um. And I think we were probably fourth in voter turnout in the primary citywide. Um, so it was just making sure that, that, that people come out and, and that they know that we're accessible. And right. I will say, I did door knock in Justin's district uh, for the general, <laughs> and I did see a lot of Malia signs. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: One thing people wonder about people, meaning like regular people, not like us, uh, is after the votes are counted, what's the relationship like between the elected official? and the people who donated money to their campaign right is one of the big questions is um and i'm curious in in either of your cases have people who gave money to you called to congratulate you have they said i'm hoping you'll get to work on xyz have you thought about how you're going to handle those conversations any differently than conversations with someone else off the street how will that how will that work in practice for you
3: that's a great question i think coming like being staffers, like I worked on the city budget, so coming into the office, I knew what the process would be for meeting with people and um, really being explicit on how you apply fairly. And here's a system, and you know, for discretionary funds and for capital projects, and we're happy to meet to talk specifics. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of what I, what I push forward is like, we can meet, we can discuss and you know, thank you for your support and you have all my phone numbers and let's keep in touch. I think if anyone expects anything, um, I, I pretty much kind of nipped that in the bud in the campaign. It was like, I'm here. I had We had a lot of low-dollar donations yeah. and I was really proud of that. Um, so this will pay to play here.
2: Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, it's been more on my end making sure that I don't forget the folks who invested in me. Even Let- the
3: $10, right? Yeah, literally and figuratively. Yep, it's sort of making
2: sure that they get invited to the inauguration. Like I want to maintain that relationship, so they know that just because they gave me fifty bucks, like I didn't forget about them. Okay. So it's not so much folks reaching out to me to say, "Hey, I gave you that twenty-five bucks. Can you get me the, uh, you know, a new parking spot?" It's it's people who are saying that I want to make sure that they know that I appreciate it. You know, um, but there are
1: people who gave you two thousand dollars, and what's the limit? Twenty-five hundred? Twenty-seven fifty. So, <laughs> I knew that. That was just a test to see how. You know, <laughs> no, I uh, had to look it up. <laughs> but um I mean, there are people who gave you the max who have interests in the district, have interests citywide, have interest in in policy. I mean, that's you know sure, different than I, you saying like I want to make sure that all the you know people who supported me get invited to the inauguration.
2: Sure, but but in my case, I mean, I had over. Eight hundred individual donations. So the my, vast majority of my donations were from people giving me fifty bucks. Um, I guess the, the folks that really, you know, that 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 maxed out, as they call it, um, that should be the name of some new podcast. Um, I think you could have <laughs> my solo. A solo. My <laughs> yeah. solo. Yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly, I think. One of you know one of the rules I sort of set for myself was that I wasn't going to accept big money like that from people that I didn't already have a relationship with. So no one came in at the last minute and gave me a ton of money, and I'm like, who is this person? It's mostly from folks who I had pre-existing relationships with, or I'm already sort of on board. Like whether it's a union I'm tight with, or I believe in what they're doing, that kind of stuff. So there's really nothing. That's no one that 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 you know laid down a chip that wasn't. Someone I already had a relationship with, and I kind of made that uh, that rule on my own, and I didn't want like, why is some guy sending me fifteen hundred bucks? Who is this person? Um, You know, you
1: have uh, you know the tech hub coming in Union Square is a contentious land use deal. You have other you know you have more land use, real estate sort of stuff in your district than than Justin does. So is that something you've seen? Is people with those interests trying to influence influence you?
3: Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, the the tech hub was something that I worked on a little bit when I was at Rosie's office. But um, you know, they're really trying to push forward the certification and making it happen as soon as possible. Um, you know, I've I've been pretty clear with the mayor's office that I'm not okay with going forward with the project because of the concerns I have. with whether it's really going to help the startup sector and whether this is going to be job creation for local people and that it's truly going to help underserved communities. So I have my concerns with the project and, you know, there's the people in, in the surrounding communities that also want to make sure that their neighborhoods are protected. So it's a complicated issue and there's a there's a couple of factors involved in this one. But um, you know, this is this is New York and, and real estate's a big deal. Um, I, I'm going to be very so preservationist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you know it in the in district too. It's there's a whole building of them. Like, oh yes, literally. Um, they're all kind of jammed into uh, St. Mark's Church on the Bowery. So. It's, it's, been, it's been interesting, but um, I'm going to work with everyone. I realize Rebney is going to knock on my door any second, and one of the first pieces of legislation that I'd like to introduce would be a reintroduction, which is about after-hours variances, which is a bill that Rosie carried for at least 10 years. And I know Rebney has a problem with that, but I'll sit down with them and I'll talk it through. And what's most important is that people get a good night's sleep and that we're not oversaturated with construction more than we already have over the past 10, 20 years.
0: So you mentioned a few minutes ago the discretionary budgeting process. And yesterday we had the indictment of a New York City Assembly person. Yeah. And one of the allegations, and they are just allegations, is that she manipulated the discretionary funding process to personally enrich herself. The, um, city, council the, C- the yeah. city council discretionary funding process. Among others. <laughs> yeah. Since since you will be part of that process now, obviously you've witnessed it as a staffer, but now you're the person whose, whose money is going to be dispensed that way, how will you avoid, if that allegation is true, being manipulated in that same way? Obviously the safeguards apparently weren't enough in that episode if we believe the allegations. How will you avoid getting your discretionary money misused in, in that kind of a
3: manner? I think the, the finance team on the city council is pretty strong. Like they go through a pretty intense vetting system. The other thing is you know, I come from a nonprofit background that worked actually with city council funds to provide services, and in that, as well as you know, community board being a lifelong resident of the district, you know the organizations that are doing the work, whether they're cultural institutions, they're housing, they're working on uh, job readiness. So it's you know you just have to be really careful, and and you have to make sure that you're also you know vetting these applications as well and if you find someone that's something new you know meet with them and talk to them I, I mean I, I feel pretty good about about the budget process I think it's just working with the money that we have and not just the the our office budget and making sure that we're, we're paying people that are on our staff who work really long hours, a really fair salary, and making sure that we're able to look at the different capital projects and, and, and the programming and making sure that we fund those too. So I feel pretty good about about where I'm at right now. I know it'll get a bit more intense as the months uh, go on, but um, we have a new finance chair and uh, he's a pretty great guy. So. <laughs>
2: um- I mean, I think most of the groups... That's that, Danny,
1: Danny Drum, you're
3: Danny referring Drum. to. Mm-hmm.
2: Most of the groups um, that, I mean, in my area, are groups that have been around quite a while and have a track record of um, doing the right thing and doing what they're said they're going to do with the money. Um, I mean, you know, what happened with the Assemblywoman is, is you know, if it's true, it's it's very, very troubling and disturbing. Yeah. Um, but, that's in
1: uh, your neck of the woods.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think, you know, when, uh, betraying the public trust only deepens the cynicism that people feel in their electeds, you know, and that's not good for anybody, um, especially as someone who ran to sort of change the game and not, you know, um, to sort of demystify what we do here, um, to sort of pull back the curtain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, like like Carlina said, I mean, there's lots of safeguards in place. I mean, the city certainly vets the hell out of, you know, the, the nonprofits that are even eligible for discretionary funds. And then, you know, there's another level of vetting with, with who the council members decide to give to. So, um, but look, I mean, you have an executive director who just goes off the rails. I mean, there's, you know, it's it's horrible. But, I mean, there's it's, it's impossible to say that, you know, that can be absolutely prevented. You just have to... You know, I think, I think, like I said, I mean, I think you, most of the groups you, you rely on are, are groups that are pillars of the community and that have been around a long time. We have a track record of tangible results, and those are the groups that you, you know, uh, like, you know, there's, there's a rule in the, in, in the council where you can't, you know, new nonprofit can't receive more than $10,000 in their first year out. Um, so there's certain safeguards in place. You know, and frankly, if a new nonprofit came to me, I don't know if I would give them $10,000 when they just got started. As someone who's sat on boards and started nonprofits of my own that a year in, I don't think we could handle $10,000. So. Um, and
3: I know what reporting is like. To yeah, you've got to be
2: smart about it. But, you know, so unfortunately, sometimes. like we saw, I mean, you know, bad things happen. You know, you just have to try to... You know, make sure you're you're covered in that. You're giving money to groups that are, uh, you know, legit.
1: So we're talking the day before. It seems like the council committee uh, committee chairs and committee members is going to be announced. It looks like that's scheduled um, for the for the tomorrow. Um, and do you know what committees you'll be sitting on? Do you know if you'll be chairing anything? And if not, what are you hoping for? Or what what are you What's that process unfolding like?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I have my dear Santa list, you know. Um, you know, I definitely want to be a member of the education committee, having worked at the Department of Education and sort of, you know, knowing the inside of that beast. Um, you know, trying to get some 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 uh, results there. Um, you know, and I guess it's it's committees that are germane to my district. You know, I mean, sanitation. Um, you know, the fire committee, uh, you know, labor, you know, it's just stuff that, that makes sense that, that people in my district will um, appreciate my advocacy on.
1: You know? And this is something when you met with Speaker Corey Johnson, you said these are...
2: Yeah, I said, look, I mean, he knows my district. He knows, you know, the race I had. It was a tight race. He knows that, uh, you know, I've got Republicans there and I've got moderates and I've got progressives, you know, and um, it's a type of district where people want to see you you know, working on the nuts and bolts, and I want to be on a committee that makes sense for people in my district, you know, um, or that's going to allow me or give me more power to deliver for the people in my district.
3: Yeah, and and, and it goes back to our platform, too. So, you know, I, criminal justice reform was a big part of my platform, and, and NYCHA and, and run regulated housing. So I did the same thing, I go in with my list of (laughs) committees I'd love to be a part of, and and that again, that goes with the the biggest issues in my district. So land use, so housing and buildings, the L train shutdown with the majority of those stops in District 2, so being on transportation, uh, the closing of a major hospital, and the impact it's gonna have on healthcare. Healthcare is incredibly important um, in terms of the services that are available in the district and how Bellevue is gonna be impacted by, by a failing health system. So, you know, th- these are these are our wishes, and we're hoping <laughs> they'll be granted. Um, we've had some pretty good conversations. I think we're probably going to get, you know, some, some calls between uh, sometime today. You'll
1: get a little heads up.
3: would be yeah. nice. Maybe.
1: <laughs> um, we're in our last uh, few minutes here with new city council members Carlina Rivera and Justin Brannon. I think maybe one more question from each of us, uh, and then we'll, we'll let you get back to your... Um, staffing up and hiring and all the other things you have to do To the people,
3: to the
0: people. I'm I'm sure you have uh, legislative priorities. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about sort of the top top one you have and sort of where that stands. But I'm curious, there's been a lot of focus in the past few weeks in terms of the overall council approach to the other main function, or one other main function of the council, which is oversight and investigations. And I'm curious, whatever happens to the council's powers in that area, What's something that you want to see more oversight of? What's something you would like to see investigated, whether it's a city agency, some sort of problem, a state issue? If you could shine a spotlight on one particular thing, what would it it be?
2: For me, it would be the Parks Department. I want to know why it costs $5 million to to install a toilet bowl and why it takes five years. Um, You know, I I sat down with the finance folks yesterday and looked at a list of, of projects that I will cut the ribbon on that Vinny funded Councilman Gentilly funded like ten years ago, which I'm happy to take credit. Hey, you get to cut that ribbon. I'm happy to ribbing. take credit for something I didn't do, but it's obscene, yeah. and um, and it, it's it's a reason why some electeds don't want to take on those big projects because they become legacy projects. And um, I mean, I'm fine with planting. You know, what's the saying? You plant seeds for to build to grow a tree whose shade you'll never sit under. I truly believe in that. But, I mean, you would like to see some results. that, Like, hey, I funded this new playground. I would like to live long enough to see it built. Um, you know, the Parks Department is um, it's, it's a, it's a bad it's act. It's not just
1: Parks, though, right? It's not just Parks. Because that's design and construction. And sure. It's- yeah.
2: But, like, for my district, it's more, like, Parks is where we, you know, there's not as much of the design and construction stuff uh, in my district. It's Parks is a big deal. We have a lot of Parks. We have, I don't know acres of parks in my district um there's a lot it's of nice. projects to do yeah but you know it's a matter of of, of having the patience to uh to to, to to see them through you know and it shouldn't be that way it's crazy
3: it's so crazy. i think parks is that's that's a you know we, we sat through this this training and and they give us the average cost and then the high cost it's like something to be aware of when it comes to something like a comfort station or a park or a playground or whatever's the difference and um it's been really interesting to see. And I and I, I did get to, to see Rosie cut some ribbons on some of her final project. But I think that it's it's kind of demystifying. Like, yeah. oh, why is it this way? We realize there's labor costs sure. and we've read all those articles and we have great relationships with the unions. So well paying jobs are important. But, you know, that goes back to what I mentioned about, you know, East River Park, which is this huge park on right on the East River and the East Side Coastal Resiliency Project and why aren't we moving forward on, on such an, an important um, project, that's that's going to be a really big deal. I think the other thing is oversight on some of the, the public systems that quite frankly are failing and I know that people have these conversations about, oh that's a federal agency, that's a state agency, and I'm talking about New York City Public Housing and Health and Hospitals. I think that those are the two, and also the MTA, no. right, the, the, the transportation system and how you know we don't really have any power over it but it's our constituents that we receive the bulk of the calls every single day so it's just making sure that people know where the money is what are we using it for and quite frankly is it being mismanaged
1: so I guess my last question maybe that'll take us out um, is so you're very focused on legislation becoming a council member getting started all of that but there's also larger political dynamics at play and I'm just sort of curious if either of you are the types of people who will be, um, you know, 2018 is a state election year, it's a federal election year, are you gonna be out there trying to flip the state senate, trying to flip house seats, you know, not that you would necessarily be headlining some fundraiser or some big rally, but you might be, working on some of these things if you're you know so inclined is that something that's on either of your yes, radar and I think
3: I can even speak for Justin on this and <laughs> saying that not only do we want to make sure that people are elected to those positions that you know that are aligned with making sure that our constituents and overlapping districts have what they need but that we get more women elected oh yeah so I think that's a that's a big focus. Um, I think at every level of government there aren't enough women represented. That's that's evident in the council with eleven out of fifty one members, which is embarrassing, and it's it's. Um it's, we're overdue so I think it's working on some of those making sure that of course our number one responsibility is, is to the constituents but also you know for those seats that that where there are women already working in their communities putting them in those seats and doing what we can to get them there
2: yeah I think I mean I'm certainly you know that's where I come from is a, you know I started a political club and worked on campaigns myself um, I think now the only thing that changes as an elected official is sort of, Making the case that you know I'm not just supporting so and so candidate because they're a Democrat. I'm supporting the the Democrat because I know he's going to be better and he's going to deliver better for the cons- on my constituents. You know, so it's not a ideological thing. It's like well, whether it's in Congress or you know, on the Senate level, Assembly, whatever it may be, to say look, you know, if you want X Y Z, well, it ain't going to happen with the Republican. So um, I think it takes on a less political. You know, it's still obviously inherently political, but I think it takes on like I'm not just I'm not just trying to fire people up to to dethrone Republicans. I'm doing it because they stand against what we all believe in. You know.
1: And you have uh, a contentious state senate race in your in your neck of the woods <laughs> yeah, with, with yeah. Marty Golden, as yeah, we yeah. have alluded to. Well. We'll leave it there with Carlina Rivera and Justin Brandon. Thank you both for joining
2: us. Thank and, you.
3: And thank good you luck. For having us. I
2: want to thank you for joining me in my corner office that I'll probably have for another 48 hours.
3: <laughs> Enjoy it. While, while Enjoy the you view. Can. Take as
2: long as you want. And, uh, <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thanks,
3: guys.